belly and the fish. Belly, belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. The Fish. And today, we are missing one of our allies. Ben Belly Smokes Hunter is officially too hungover from his golf trip to make an appearance this episode. Boo-hoo. So, John Charette joins us once again, on call and ready to lead the charge as my co-host. Glad to have you, John. You send up that John signal into the air, (laughs) and I'm there. (laughs) And we've got a special guest with us as well, Drew Rossico, joining us from Grand Rapids, the last episode that will be recorded in my dining room. Welcome, Drew. Thanks for having me, Corbin. Looking forward to it. Yep, and it has been a hell of a week. I don't know how you cannot be drinking this Lion's Kool-Aid. I tried to tell myself that I would stay calm, I would keep my feet on the ground, but my dick is pointing straight up in the air and I am hard as a rock. What a hell of a win, John. What do you think? What do you think? I think we're the hottest team in football. The hottest team in the NFL. That is just a fact. We currently have the longest win streak in the NFC. We are currently second in the NFC North. I don't know how you can say that we are not at least in the discussion at this point. A three-game win streak. You go back to the bye week when I went through the schedule, and you can go back and check the tape. I'm 5-0 and since the bye. I said we'd lose to the Cowboys. We'd lose to the Dolphins. We would squeak it out against the Packers, Bears, and the Giants. And here we are on a three-game win streak, and oh boy, is it splendid. It feels pretty grand to go from our uh, 0.6 playoff percentage chance to 10% on, uh, I think it's like 538 or whatever, who does those predictions. So we're, that's like, I mean, if you're looking in terms of stocks, that is a very high percentage return. Indeed it is. And last week it was kind of, wishful thinking saying like oh like we're on the hunt or as you call it we're on the hunt but we are on the fucking hunt actively hunting only a game and a half out from the wild card game and on top of that the rams just continue to lose cooper cup looks like he's pretty much done for the rest of the regular season matthew stafford was back for i think with just the first half of the game i didn't watch it but he is ruled out again with a concussion And I think like Bryce Perkins, their third stringer, is about to walk up there and make the start next week for the Rams. So that draft pick is looking better and better. If you told me at the beginning of the season that the Rams would be the one giving us the top five pick and we're trending upward to, you know, maybe a 10 to 15, I'd shit my pants. I can't believe it. Yeah, Cooper Cup being out, not great for one of my fantasy teams, but... I am a Lions fan at heart, so I do have to say it is pretty good for our draft pick prospects. You know, listen, at the beginning of the season, if you told me that the Lions were going to have a 10% chance of winning, making the playoffs and also getting a potential top five pick, I would <laughs> I would also shit myself. <laughs> I mean, my spirits could not be any higher, and I'm so scared because I know that I'm going to get my heart broken. Like I said, I try and keep my feet on the ground, but damn it, I can't help myself. Like three games in a row, I could never have seen this coming in my wildest dreams. And the week just keeps getting better because as of this afternoon, Jamison Williams has officially started his clock. He is back at practice today. 
Game ball. And I think we're looking at like Tyreek Hill, like usage out of this guy, you know, Goff isn't beneficial this year, throwing the deep ball, but if you can get it to that four, three speed, six to seven yards downfield, the guy's taking it to the house. So let's keep an eye on him moving forward this week. I've been telling everybody he ran a four one because he didn't test at the combine. There's no way to prove it. He's going to be <laughs> the fastest player in the NFL. You can't prove it otherwise. Yeah. You know, I think realistically, I don't know how, how much Kool-Aid I'm, gonna sip for this season but it is really nice to see us competitive winning games with a really really young team i think we have the second youngest roster in the nfl something like that so it's pretty nice to see also this week we have a special thanksgiving day segment for us we are doing the thanksgiving day food draft we're picking an appetizer we're picking two mains or sides and we're picking a dessert we're going to put it up on the gram and we'll let our listeners vote to see who had the best draft so stick around let's jump into the meat and potatoes here and talk about the lions giants game was that met life it was a cold windy windy day Lions opened up as three and a half point dogs and just closed at three points. So not a lot of movement on the line. Final score, Lions won in MetLife 31 to 18. That was the absolute most dominant win that we've had this season and probably in Campbell's entire tenure as a Lions head coach. It was an absolute bloodbath, offense, defense, special teams, all phases. We just completely dominated with them. We smothered them on defense. It was our second consecutive win on the road. We beat a playoff team, and it was not even close. The Lions were in the driver's seat the entire game. And, I mean, a huge takeaway for me in this game is Saquon Barkley is leading the NFL in all-purpose yards. Um, so putting like putting an emphasis on him and really shutting him down, forcing Daniel Jones to pass was huge for us in this game. Yeah, they really followed my uh, Corb's keys to victory because – like you said, Drew, they shut down Saquon. I said that we needed to put an emphasis on stopping him and make Daniel Jones beat us throwing the ball. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like Daniel Jones had his best game of the season and passing the ball. But, you know, a hundred or so of those yards came in garbage time when we were firmly in control of that game and we were kind of in that bend, don't break defense. But the first three quarters, I mean, we just completely smothered the Giants. They had nothing that they could do. We picked the right opportunities to be aggressive and to be conservative. We punted the ball a couple of times, but really pinned them deep and didn't let them get a chance to put points on the board. There was a couple where you thought maybe we could get away with kicking a field goal, but at the same time with the wind and the way that was going, I thought Ben Johnson had one of his best play calling games of the season. I mean, our offense, you know, if you look at the box score, it's not like any one player really stood out as having a great, a great game but we just physically dominated them on both lines. Offense and defensive line just tore it up. And we'll talk about each group a little bit individually here, but our players really went out and executed on the plays that we needed. We were great on third down, and we came out decidedly victorious. It was fantastic. Goff definitely did not have his best game. He was 17 for 26, threw for 165 yards and zero touchdowns, but zero picks, zero sacks. He took good care of the ball didn't turn the ball over. And that's all we really needed because we were dominating on the offensive line. Our running backs, everybody got a piece of this game. Justin Jackson led all of our running backs with nine carries for 66 yards, very efficient there. And then Jamal Williams, he also had 17 carries for 64 yards, but three, one, two, three TDs. John, that's your boy. It was almost too much to handle. I mean, he could have lost tens of thousands of dollars if he had gyrated those hips a little bit more on those celebrations 
you know, I've often say Jamal Williams is your guy if you need to get exactly one and a half yards. Now, it's not good on third and four, but if you're on that one-yard line, he's about to fall into the end zone, baby. Yeah, I mean, not really like anything that popped out on the stat sheet from the running backs, but we got it done. Our wide receivers did an all right job. Amon Ross St. Brown in particular just keeps leading the charge. Seven catches for 76 yards, and I thought he did a really good job in run blocking too, really opened some holes for our guys on the outside. Uh, the one other guy that I wanted to talk about was DJ Chark. His first game back after his six-game hiatus, he only played 11 snaps, zero catches, was a total non-factor. You know, still kind of getting him ramped up into, into game shape, and hopefully he'll be able to take the roof off this Thanksgiving, you know, with Jamison Williams, the news of him coming back realistically, I don't think that he's going to be able to play that short notice. I believe he has 21 days from today until we have to officially activate him. Not a whole lot on the offensive end to talk about, at least from our skill position players. The one group I really wanted to focus on was our offensive line because we needed a game like that just last week when I said we're supposed to be a top five unit and we're not looking like it. Our offensive line comes through with the best performance that they've had all year. It was a damn near perfect game. Our running backs put over 160 yards rushing. That's 4.3 yards per carry, and we didn't allow a single sack. Evan Brown, who's been filling in at right guard for Halapuli Vadi Vitae all year, went down with an ankle injury. So we had Dan Skipper come in and fill that void. I thought he did a good job. He's always been solid in the run game, not so much in pass protection. But like I said, perfect game for our offensive line, something that we needed to get us back on track. Ragnow has been banged up with a toe injury. He was in the walking boot last week, and he did not look the part. I also saw him legitimately set a pick, like a basketball pick, on a, I think it was like a, a sweep out to the left side in probably the fourth quarter when we were down by the goal line. Yeah, I think shout out to to blocking overall. The tight end set the edge really well a few times. Amon Ra, like you mentioned, had a couple of really nice blocks when they're running out out toward those sidelines. And uh, I don't. I mean, I guess maybe Campbell was alluding to something that they really believed in when they traded Hawkinson, which was that getting him off of the field was going to kind of open some other things up for them because they could do a little bit more in terms of blocking. Yeah. I mean, I think Wright was great in this game. His run blocking was good. Almost got in the end zone there. Um, just like another shout out for the offensive line though. They were just consistently great. We've been hearing a lot about Kayvon Thibodeau. There was a huge debate over him and hot Hutchinson at the, and, you know, we've been hearing a lot about Dexter Lawrence's move to nose tackle for the Giants. So keeping them quiet all day, no sacks and leading the charge to 160 yards rushing and uh, four rushing touchdowns is huge for this group. Absolute domination in the trenches on offense, but also on the defensive side of the ball. It is absolutely crazy how this defense has flipped the script and we've started to force some turnovers. The Giants had eight turnovers this entire season and they had three on Sunday. So it just goes to show like they're a very conservative team and they take care of the ball. That's how they've been able to win these games. It starts with a D line. First off, I wanted to talk about Aleem McNeil because I think that he isn't highlighted too often. He's kind of, you know, he's in the trenches doing the dirty work, knee deep in the muck, taking up a couple blocks so our linebackers are free to finish up the play and clean it up. And he doesn't get a whole lot of respect and you don't really see him on the stat sheet or you don't see him making those tackles, but not today. 
this was absolutely his day and he did a fantastic job. So props to Aleem McNeil. Aiden Hutchinson obviously had another great game. He had that interception, which was just a fingertip beauty, dropping back into coverage. Daniel Jones did not see him. He threw an absolute dime for his namesake right to our defender. It was beautiful. He's playing really smart, too. The one thing I wanted to talk about Aiden Hutchinson was there was this one play, I think, in the third or fourth quarter where Daniel Jones is scrambling out to his right. Aiden Hutchinson is in pursuit. And instead of going for the sack, he puts his arms up and tries to to deflect the pass. He doesn't care about getting the sexy stat line. All he wants is to force an incompletion. So that is just good team defense right there. And that's not something that's going to show up on the stat sheet. That's not something that people are talking about. You know, the, the Lions fans on Twitter and people who are talking about what went right in that game. But that just shows the strides that he's taking on defense to just make the team better. It was a very selfless act, and I was like, wow, holy shit, that was incredible. And, you know, the, the rest of the D-line, too, I thought we put a, an emphasis on swatting some balls down. I know that John Kaminsky had one. I think there was another one as well, but we were really up in Daniel Jones's grill. Sure, he got out of the pocket a couple of times, but I thought that all things considered, we did a really good job handling him. He didn't have a Justin Fields-esque game and just torch us on the ground. There was There were some designed runs where he was able to take advantage of our defense on, but I thought we contained well and we made his life hell on Sunday. So props to the D line. I think that that was the the best group on defense and their best performance of the entire season that I've seen as a whole, but moving on to the linebacker group, I didn't think that it, it was our best game for them. Um, at least in terms of coverage, um, that's always kind of been a weak spot throughout the season. I also think that part of the game script was giving Daniel Jones the, that those underneath routes you would see them kind of dragging across the field and they get, you know, like a five, six, seven yard completion. I thought when they were able to complete a pass, we tackled really well. We didn't let them break a lot. We didn't give them a lot of yards after catch. Um, So we brought them down in the open field when they got out on the edges and really minimized the damage when they were able to actually complete a pass. So linebackers did a good job there. Rodrigo was back, but didn't make the biggest impact. Anzalone did a good job getting after Daniel Jones, kind of hurrying him in the pocket. He almost came flying through for that sack. You know, not the best performance, but definitely uh, an admirable job by our linebacking crew. Moving on to our defensive backs. Obviously, the story of the game was Jeff Okuda going out with a concussion and it sounds like he's not going to be able to make it through for Thanksgiving to get through the concussion protocol. Dan Campbell said so in his post game. So that is a big blow, especially the opponent that we're going up against on a short week. It's too bad. We're not going to have him, but on the flip side, Will Harris had a fantastic game. I thought it was his best game of the season. He was good in coverage. He forced the fumble that Aiden Hutchinson recovered. He did a really good job. I think he, he might've been tied for team lead in tackles with eight. I want to say. Yep, eight total tackles, that's right. Also, Jerry Jacobs, I thought that he did a pretty good job in coverage. He plays very aggressive. There was one play on the broadcast where they said that it was maybe borderline pass interference, but he's got the hand on the hip pocket. He's ready to come across and swat a ball away. That's just kind of his nature. He's always been aggressive. He's a great tackler, but, you know, in coverage, he can be beat sometimes. You saw it. Not the worst game I've ever seen from a D-back, so... Kirby Joseph also back at it with a great interception right in our territory, brought it back for 30, 40 yards and really set us up for a, for a score there. So props to Kirby Joseph for bouncing back after a not so great performance last week against the bears. 
you know, and like to Kirby Joseph, you know, he's just been playing better every week. Aaron Glenn's been saying, you know, he's not searching, he's not hawking the ball, the ball's coming to him. And that's something that Aaron Glenn's been teaching. And, you know, after the Aubrey Pleasant firing, you know, we've seen improvement in this defense week after week. A couple of things real quick. Uh, like you said, the linebackers and coverage, that is really a weak spot for us. Both Rodrigo and Anzalone just do not move laterally that well. That's something that I think we're going to need to address moving forward. And then as far as the DBs, uh, that play that you're talking about with Jerry Jacobs, I totally agree with you. There was a play earlier in the game where one of the Giants DBs pulled our guy's shoulder more than Jacobs did on that play. It was a no call. So I think it was an obvious no call on the, the play where Jacobs had his hip. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way that he plays. He plays aggressive. He's a sure tackler. And when he's in coverage, he's playing tight. He's jamming you at the line and he's following you the whole way. So, I mean, you've seen him get a couple of PI penalties here and there, but you've also seen a quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers when we played the Packers try and attack Jerry Jacobs. And he's not backing down from any challenge. Seatbelt gang is in full swing and I fucking love it. Dude, that was so funny when he did that. They do it. He did it a bunch last week too. And Will Harris is in on it. Like all the D-backs are all doing seatbelt gang. We're in it, man. It's good to see that they believe in safety. But Jesus, man, this game, it has me so worked up. I mean, the way that we won that game was, it was a demolition derby. The entire game, I never had a second of feeling uncomfortable. Like when the Packers had a chance to, you know, drive down and finish us off on the final drive. Same thing with the Bears. I felt nervous as hell. I felt like I shaved off a couple years of my life just watching those final series. This game, I felt in control. I felt cool, calm, and collected. And we needed just a game like that to really put a stamp on what this team is about. And I think that the coaching staff needed it too to get the belief of the fans so that we know that this is heading in the right direction. I never had doubt in the coaching staff, but plenty of others did. And this is the exact game that we needed to kind of set the, that narrative aside. Anyways, let's get to our game ball and our burning bags of dog shit. I'm sure that belly was just too scared to come on and talk lions because he has absolutely no content the way that we handled the giants. It's going to be tough for him to give out a, a burning bag of dog shit to any player this week, because I am honestly struggling on my end to even think of one, but uh, we'll kick it off with the game ball. First off, John, who you got? My game ball this week goes to Hutch huge interception, dropping back into coverage. Good in the run defense. Uh, he had a couple of nice cleanups in the backfield there when they were really stuffing Saquon. Uh, and that interception set up the touchdown to give us the lead and momentum going into the half. We went, we were down three to six with six minutes left in the first half. Went into the half up seventeen to six, getting the ball back. He also had a recovered fumble, so really, really great game. Yep, he really solidified his uh his status as the second overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson one, Kayvon Thibodeau zero. And Drew, who you got for your game ball? Jamal Williams is absolutely my game ball winner this week. Uh, he's a true RB1, the first RB1 we've had since Reggie Bush and the heart and soul of the team, you know. Dan Campbell preaches what a good teammate he is, and he's such an absolute freight train at the goal line. Um, just this week, he tied Barry Sanders' record for multiple TD games in a season with five. And currently, he's also on pace to break Sanders' 91 franchise touchdown record of 16 in a single season. So this guy's been an absolute beast all year. Great addition. He's just fantastic. 
Yep, well warranted there. I've got a game ball to give out as well, and it's one guy that I talked about earlier who does not get enough respect to his name, and that is Aleem McNeil, our second-year player out of the third round in last year's draft. He finally had himself a game that showed up on the stat sheet. Like I said, he's always been doing the dirty work, but he generated 10 pressures against the Giants, which is the most by a defender over 320 pounds in the pro football (laughs) focus era. That's stat. What? <laughs> That's over right. 320 pounds. <laughs> well, as a nose, when you're that big as a nose tackle, no, you're going to be on the interior. This and is funny, like, all right, we're cutting it off at 320. <laughs> 319? No, he's too quick. Well, <laughs> yep. Nope. He's got to go down in the other category. <laughs> he's down with their other edge rushers. <laughs> but it's kind of uh, ironic because Dexter Lawrence just got that record last week with nine. And then Aleem McNeil comes in and shatters it. And, well, I wouldn't say shatter. He beat it by one. But Dexter <laughs> Lawrence, I mean, he's having a career year. And he's he did a great job against us, too. I mean, he got his. But Aleem McNeil definitely had his number this, this week, head-to-head. He walked out victorious. He finished with four tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, and four quarterback hits. It was just a great game by the young player. And, you know, he's one of the guys that we want to build our defense around just sitting there in the nose. I mean, he's a stout guy to move, and it's nice to see him actually seeing some production on the stat sheet. Now, for the burning bag, the most difficult part of this episode, who do you got, John? Well, Corbin, you mentioned earlier it was kind of hard to pick a burning bag for for the Lions this week, so I went to myself for doubting the hottest team in football. The hottest. Get on the train. It's rolling. It's going four and six right now. Not great. After a couple weeks, probably five and seven. But after that, who knows? So I don't know. Just I'm just gonna eat some shit. Yeah, ten percent chance we're there. It's just like a fairy tale, baby. All right, Drew, who's getting your burning bag of dog shit? All right, my burning bag. Tough to pick this week. That's why it's going to former lion T.J. Hawkinson. Yes, he's on the Vikings now, but. Immediately following that trade, he is, and he said, and I quote, that's really what we're here to do is go somewhere, win some football games. That's kind of the first time I've been able to say that. And I just think it's absolutely beautiful that, you know, once he says that the Lions go on their first three game winning streak since 2017, something Hawkinson can never say he's done entering the league in 2019. So he's going to get my burning, burning bag of shit. I honestly didn't even know that he said that. Fuck TJ Hawkinson. What a little bitch. It's so easy to just kick the Lions when they're down. Oh, yeah, (laughs) the Lions never win games. Well, guess what, bitch? Look at us now. The hottest team in the NFL. We are piping, scorching, white, hot, and we are not going to Ah, stop. Sorry, Corbin. I just touched the Lions. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, my burning bag of dog shit. Like I said, it was tough. And I already had this guy last week, but it's got to be DeAndre Swift. Justin Jackson was our leading rusher. He only had nine carries. Jamal Williams had 17. You know, even like in terms of snap counts, Jason Cabinda was on the field more often than Swift. Swift had 21 snaps total, which was the fewest out of all four that we had active. Five carries for 20 yards and a touchdown, three catches for 12 yards. Now people say, well, he scored a touchdown, but if you look at it, he was untouched. It was just good blocking. I could have probably ran through that hole and scored a touchdown. Probably not, but still. (laughs) The, I've seen your wheels. Yeah. But I mean the there was a couple of other things too that I noticed and 
there was that one third down and short right after he fumbled the ball and recovered. I might mention there was a uh, it was Penny Sewell just completely lighting up the defensive line and the linebackers. There was one corner to beat. We had a good we had good blocking on the outside with our receiver. He had three options. He could go follow Penny Sewell. It would have been two yards for a first down. He could have bounced outside where his receiver had the block. Would have been a first down, but nope. He goes right in between into the corner, and he can't even make one guy miss. I mean, you've seen a couple of plays against the Giants, too, where he just wasn't able to juke the guy out, and he's usually good for one or two of those. So I don't know, man. I still love the player. I think that he can be a highlight reel, but – these past few weeks, I mean, I'm starting to doubt him. I mean, the arrow is definitely pointing down, and it's not just, a, oh, he'll be back from injury. I think he's fine. I think that we just got to get him the touches and really get him going because if we want to keep the streak alive, he's a good player to have. And with Jamison Williams coming back too, our offense can take another step, which is hard to believe because we've had a pretty damn good offense so far at this point. So that's going to do it for our Giants recap here. We'll move on to next week because we've got our tough one. Even preseason, everyone had this labeled as the toughest matchup of the entire season. That is our Thanksgiving Day game. The Buffalo Bills are coming to Detroit. That's going to be November 24th at 1230 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bills are coming to Detroit, probably still staying in Detroit after they had to play the Browns at Ford Field after their snow apocalypse in Buffalo. They are sitting at seven and three. The spread opened at Lions plus nine and a half point dogs over unders at 52 and a half. And last week, the Bills rolled through the Browns 31 to 23. The last time we played the Buffalo Bills, it didn't end so well for us. It was 2018 and the Lions lost 13 to 14. But before we get into this game, just wanted to shout out my mom's friend, Scott Howard. Thank you so much, Scott. He scored us some club seats for the Thanksgiving Day game. Your boy, Corb, is going to be in attendance. I've got my turkey hat and my pilgrim hat inbound from Amazon. Should be hitting either tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm going to be ready to go, fully festive, and prepared to take on the Buffalo Bills. Which one are you, the turkey or the pilgrim? I'm going to be the pilgrim. I'm going with uh, my girlfriend, Emma. She's going to have the turkey hat. I tried to get her a really obnoxious one, but it's like a fried turkey just right on the head. (laughs) I love those. I don't think she realizes how stupid she's going to look wearing it, but I'm going to make her. (laughs) Just wanted to give that special shout out to Scott because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've never been to a Lions Thanksgiving Day game, and I can't wait, especially after this three game win streak going against on paper, the best team that we played all season. I'll share my thoughts about the Bills in a little bit here. We'll get into it. But like I said, Bills were the Vegas favorite to win the Super Bowl this season. They've got elite talent on offense and defense, and it starts with Josh Allen. He's having another potential MVP season, maybe a slight back step back from last year. But he's got Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, and they are well-fed every single Sunday, and they're going to be well-fed on Thanksgiving, I imagine, too. It's another mobile quarterback matchup. This is our third in a row. I think that he profiles a lot more like Justin Fields. He can throw just as good as any other quarterback in this league, and he is an absolute load to take down. I mean, you see the stiff arms. You see him trucking defenders when he scrambles. When It just makes me think of how Julian Aquara and Alex Anzalone tried to take down Justin Fields on the last play of the game against the Bears. It's going to be that, but even worse. It's going to be tough to bring him down, and we cannot 
I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to stop Josh Allen because it starts and ends with him. The Bills' defense is good. They've got good pass rush. They've got a good secondary. They've been able to shut some teams down, but it doesn't mean that they're invincible. I think that the worst part of their offense is their run game, but unfortunately, James Cook and Devin Singletary both are coming off 86-yard rushing performances, so they've stepped it up a bit, but the Bills' pass attack is just so lethal that you would say that the run game is the one place they could be exploited. Now, Josh Allen has proved time and time again that you can put he can put the team on his back and get it done. So it's definitely the scariest quarterback matchup that we've gone against this entire year, and our defense is going to absolutely have to bring it in order to stand a chance against them. My keys to victory this week, Corb's keys. We need to find a way to keep Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis at bay, and it's tough for me to imagine doing that with Okuda going down, being ruled out with the concussion, so it really hurts us this game. It couldn't have came at a worse time. We still got to be able to control Josh Allen. If he gets out in the open field, we've got to bring him down or things are going to go bad fast because if it goes down like how we played Justin Fields, we are just done. And I said before, I thought we played a good game, but I didn't think that that was one of the most winnable games we've had. And if we play that way, a team like the Bills, we're not going to get so lucky. We can't really stack the box that we were able to against the Giants. We were stacking eight in there a lot, and that's what I think really came into play in terms of shutting down Saquon Barkley. The run game for the Bills is the least of our problems. You know, you can't ignore it, obviously, especially since Singletary and James Cook had the games that they did last week, but the Browns' defense is pretty bad. You know, obviously our defense has been exploited too, but we really got to focus on defending the pass because that's how if Josh Allen's dropping, you know, 30, 40 points on us, I don't think we're going to be able to keep up with that defense. Uh, our defense will have our hands full. It's definitely going to be the biggest test of the year. Offensively, more than ever, we've got to control the game clock and time of possession. You know, and we kind of had that game plan against the Giants. It worked out well. And in theory, you know, it sounds good. But in reality, it's the Giants are no Buffalo Bills. So that's for damn sure. Another thing, too, is Josh Allen is a gunslinger and he's been known to turn the ball over. So we need to be able to take advantage and capitalize when that does happen. If they cough it up, we've got to be able to run it back, like how Kirby Joseph brought that pick back. We've got to be able to put points on the board when our defense gives us a gift. We cannot take anything that we are given for granted. We need to play a damn perfect game in order to beat this Buffalo Bills team. And I still think that it's going to be the toughest matchup of the year. When I was going through the in the bye week and revisiting our wins and losses, I might be 5-0. and We'll see if I can go to 6-0. and But... I had this as a loss, and I sure hope that I'm wrong. And that's a good segue into our predictions here. John, what do you have for your score prediction? Well, even though I seem to be getting every game wrong, I do agree with you this week, Corbin. Uh, I have the Lions losing 23-31. to 31. Still putting up some points, but like you mentioned, Diggs and Gabe Davis, they're tough. Lions, especially without Okuda, I mentioned last week they've been giving up a breakout play most weeks. Gabe Davis is kind of that player for the Bills, so makes me worried. We'll see what happens. I have I have uh, Thanksgiving scars from the Lions. I feel like we always lose. Yeah, I can't even uh, call you a hater on that one. I think you're just being a realist. How about you, though, Drew? What do you got? 
Well, a Thanksgiving Day loss always goes down a little bit better with a couple of bats. I have the Bills winning 38 to 24. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but at the end of the day, Josh Allen is just too much. If he gets outside the pocket, this guy's a 240 pound wrecking ball. Uh, can absolutely launch the ball as well with a Cuda out. That's huge. They have great, great playmakers. Um, so yeah, looking forward to a, a good shootout, but in the end, I think the Bills pull this one out. And now for my prediction. <laughs> I wish I could give us the win, but like I said, I'm keeping my feet in the ground, but my boner is so hard for the Lions right now that I cannot pick against us. I have this going down as a Thanksgiving Day tie. Final score in overtime, 27-27. We're going to be tied at the end of the fourth quarter, 24-24. to And then we each score a field goal on our first possession. Defense really puts the clamps in. Bills can't score. We can't score. We walk out on Thanksgiving tied. And we move to four, six, and one. Am I crazy? I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) It's an insane prediction, but I love it. It's not like the Bills are invincible, okay? Everybody has this chalked up as a loss, and I agree. But I think that we're at least covering that spread. Nine and a half points. Look at how the Bills have played. I mean, they're six and three. It's not like it's impossible to beat them, okay? No, but it's it's pretty hard to tie any NFL game, which is what you predicted. Yeah, but I can't put us down as a loss. How could I do that? I would just be a fraud after everything that I've just said. We are the hottest team in the NFL, you forget, John. So we're just going to have like a, we're going to maintain our heat this week. Exactly. Yeah, we're not going to cool. We're not going to heat up. We're just going to say slow and steady, consistent. I don't know if you've heard the saying, but slow and steady wins the race. Okay. Who said that? It's a, it's an old fable. The tortoise and the hare. Hmm. We are fast and we are hot, but we're going to slow it down. We're going to stay steady. And we're going to cross that finish line in the wild card spot. This is and the it one starts where the, with the bills. The hair becomes the tortoise. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're transforming. We're like an anamorph, but instead of a human, we're just turning into a turtle. <laughs> I just got a sleeper update right when we were recording. Josh Allen changed from healthy to questionable. Sleeper doesn't lie. So, Maybe he is feeling a little roughed up after that Browns game. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if he really got banged up too much, but he did have that UCL injury from a couple of weeks ago. He eventually played through, but the Bills are not God, okay? They can be overthrown. We can beat them. Have some faith, okay? If the last three weeks have taught us anything, it's that the Lions can compete. We are going to compete. It's going to be a close game, so close that it's a tie. (laughs) I love right. it. All right. We'll All leave right. it at that. Just let me live in my dreams. Moving on from the Bills Lions matchup, we've got betting with the belly, but no belly. It's me. John, take it away. Well, I might not be as much of a degenerate as Ben, but I'll try to do my best this week. So, with betting with the belly, what you do is each week you pick a favorite, an underdog, and over and an under. Uh, everyone does one of each. You pick only Sunday games or you try to. I'm not sure which ones I picked this week. I didn't pay attention, so we'll find out. So last week we're going to go over Corbin was two and two. He hit his favorite, which was Saints over the Rams and his over, which was the Bengal Steelers, but he lost on his dog and the under. Moving on, we got Ben. He went two and two last week. 
he hit his dog. Uh, Raider. He hit his dog. That's animal abuse. He's a he's allergic to dogs. He can't even be around it, much less hit one. I think that might be why he's not here this week. He might be <laughs> in jail. <laughs> Did you get a collect call, Corbin? No, <laughs> no collect calls. He's on his cell phone. He's out on bail, I guess. Anyways, <laughs> he hit on his dog. Uh, he didn't. Oh, that's even weirder. He, <laughs> his underdog was successful. Uh, Raiders plus two and a half over the Broncos. Bestiality too. <laughs> he hit his over as well, uh, which was the Giants Lions over forty six and a half. Uh, lost out on his favorite and his underdog. Uh, I had a rough week last week. Uh, my I I pushed my dog. Less violent than Ben, um, <laughs> which was the Bears plus three versus the Falcons. I uh, lost my over, under, and my favorite. Chiefs let me down. They still got the win, but I had them at uh, given five and a half points. They only won by three. So we'll move on to this week's picks. Corbin, how are you feeling for your favorite? My favorite this week is going to be the Seattle Seahawks going home off a bye week to take on the Las Vegas Raiders line is set at three and a half. I like how the Seahawks have been playing right now. They're in the playoff picture kind of neck and neck with the 49ers, but they still got the nod over them. Raiders are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They just can't seem to get a win. I'm not betting against Gino. I mean, he's played the best season of his career so far, and he's in contract talks for next season with the Seahawks too. So I'm betting them until the wheels fall off. Give me Gino and the Seahawks minus three and a half. Well, that's a lot of confidence in Gino, who was on waiver wires before this year. Drew, how about you for your favorite? For for my favorite, I'm going with the uh, Seahawks and Raiders as well. Uh, Shout out to Kenneth Walker, Spartan dog. Absolutely been killing it this year. We're looking at an offensive rookie of the year candidate here, probably favored at this point. Um, he's looking to bounce back from a rough game against the Bucks overseas, but he's playing against a rushing defense that's giving up the second most touchdowns per game. So I'm looking for him to have a huge bounce back game. And I think this is an easy cover for the Seahawks. Yeah, I got to agree with you on Walker. I think if he keeps playing well the rest of the season, rest of the rookie offensive players haven't looked as good as him. So I'd, I'd probably slot him in for that rookie MVP as well. I have the Kansas city chiefs for my favorite giving 11 points versus the Rams. I know it's giving a lot of points, but the Rams are getting a trot out. I don't even know. Wolford's out. Stafford's Bryce out. Is his name. <laughs> Bryce Bruce, Bruce Pinkins is going out there. <laughs> against uh the the kansas city chiefs so i don't even know how many points the rams are going to put up chiefs might not have to put up that many to to cover this one yeah i mean the rams are just garbage how the great have fallen i mean they can't do anything offensively cups out stafford's out they can't run the ball they can't block in the defense even with those stars they're not looking good so i like the pick all right corbin why don't we move on to your dog just be nice to it but why don't you tell me how you feeling? No, I take good care of my dogs. And this dog has a special place in my heart because, as I alluded to earlier, the Lions happen to be nine and a half point dogs, and the hungry dog needs to eat. It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to throw him a bone here. 
Lions cover the spread plus nine and a half. It's going to be a tie ball game and they're going to shock the world on Thanksgiving. Our only national broadcast of the season. And we're going to put up some points on the bills and really make them earn it. Lions plus nine and a half is my dog. Lock it in. Okay. How about you, Drew? My dog this week is going to be the Titans at home versus the Bengals. Um, they get one and a half points here and, you know, they're looking for a revenge game from the 2021 divisional round where they sacked Joe Burrow nine times and still lost the game. I expect King Henry to feast here. I think the Titans will pull off the victory against the Bengals. Yeah. I, I hope King Henry feasts cause he's on my team and I really need a dub this week. And I, I have to say Corbin, I almost took the lions at plus nine and a half. That's a pretty juicy line. Good boy. Uh, but I did go with the Falcons plus three and a half versus the commanders. Uh, Falcons really need a win to stay on the hunt. Um, so <laughs> I, I picked them. I don't know. I just didn't want to copy your pick. I don't want That's that because the, we're competing with the Falcons for that wild card spot. It's the Falcons, the 49ers and commanders. Mm. Well, it's a good thing that I have been really bad picking this year. All right, so how about for your over, Corbin? My over this week is going to the Falcons commies. The line is set at 42 and a half, and ever since Taylor Heineke's taken over, that, I almost said Redskins, that commander's offense has really started to come into form. I mean, you got Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson's back. I don't know if you heard this, but he's he was shot right before the season, but he's back. He's looking good. Antonio Gibson, another solid option out of the backfield. And then the Falcons, they just keep on putting up points. I mean, they just beat the bears and they consistently just keep on putting up points with Marcus Mariota. The one thing is Kyle Pitts. I think I saw today that he tore his ACL, I believe, but he's going to miss the rest of the year. That's a big shot, but Cordero Patterson's back. He just set the record for most kick returns in NFL history with nine. So I mean, the Falcons can do a lot on offense and the commanders are looking good. I'll take that over 42 and a half. I think that we get a, a shootout here. Well, Thanksgiving weekend shootout. Drew, who do you got for your over? My over this week is going to be uh, Chargers traveling to the desert to take on the Cardinals. We're set at 47 points. I'm going over. I expect this to be an absolute shootout this week. You know, they're saying uh, Kyler Murray's supposed to be 50-50, but I expect him to be back slinging the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of points going to be scored in this game. Yeah, and me for my over, I've got Chiefs-Rams over 45. I don't know, Rams probably put up a couple touchdowns. My reasoning didn't work out last week. Chiefs probably put up like 30 points. There's probably like 45 points. I don't know. I'm not good at betting. We'll move on. Corbin, how about your under? This week? I'm taking two elite under teams. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens line set at 46 and a half Ravens just put up a stinker of a game. Jaguars obviously can't put up points either. Both of these teams have solid defenses Ravens in particular, but I just really don't see them. Either teams really being able to put up much points. I think this is going to be a bad game to watch. I think that the Ravens are going to run away with it and I could see it being like, 24 to 10 max. I just really don't. I can't see anybody clearing over 46 and a half. It's yeah. I'm, I'm pounding the under drew who you got under. Give me it. I got the bucks and Browns 
once again, absolute snooze fest. Tom Brady's going through a huge divorce shit show. Giselle's on the beach with her personal trainer. He's not focused. It's going to be cold. There's going to be lots of running the ball. This is going to be well under 44. For myself, Corbin, I agree with you. Ravens drags under 46 and a half. Ravens offense just looks really bad. No Rashad. Uh, Lamar, I mean, I know he was sick last week, but I don't know, 46 and a half seems like a pretty good line. So I went with whenever, that. whenever I see Lamar is sick, I always just think he has the shits after he ran off that one game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> DK Metcalf, too. Both of them are sus. Very sus. They maybe need to look into bidets, as we discussed last week. All right, folks, we're suiting up for the Thanksgiving Food Fantasy Draft. But before we do, we have somebody joining us, a special guest named Ben Belly Smokes Hunter. What's going on? Yep, the trip kind of killed me. I woke up out of a coma when I heard we were doing a fantasy draft with food, so I am ready to go. <laughs> you stole my joke, you fat ass. I knew that you would come for the Thanksgiving draft. <laughs> 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 he said what do we want to do this week i said do something thanksgiving theme that'll get ben out here <laughs> you're not wrong as soon as you said that my mouth started watering thinking about sweet mashed potatoes <laughs> a little right, insight wait, into your draft right. strategy yep oh, it's gonna be on <laughs> well <laughs> ben is back from a bender of a weekend his golf trip down in jacksonville I'm sure he'll have a good bowels of the belly for us, but from what I hear, it might have the full story might have to wait until next week because we had a little bit of drama. So I can't wait to hear about it, but he's got something locked and loaded and ready to go. I could probably fill up the rest of the year with stories from this trip, but we're going to keep it light to start and we'll go hard next week. Once uh, I figure out how much the damage cost is. It's a little prelude for you. I'm ready to hear about all the debauchery, but let's hop into the Thanksgiving draft. So how this is going to work is we are each going to select from four categories, technically three categories. We will all pick an appetizer, a main and side twice, and a dessert. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of main dishes other than turkey. So we combine the mains and sides. You'll get two of those, an appetizer and a dessert. You cannot pick the same thing. Once it's been picked, it's gone. I've randomized the order. We will be doing a snake draft, starting with John, then Drew, then myself, and we'll finish it up with Belly and snake back around. John, what are you picking with a 101? 101, he's Patrick Mahomes. He's Goblin. He's there every Thanksgiving. You might not love him. Your aunt might make him dry, but you got to have him. It's turkey. 101, no question. Terrible pick. Awful. Turkey's the easiest one. <laughs> Nobody actually likes the turkey. That's not the favorite part. First of all, white meat or dark meat? Dark. I know your answer. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, shut, up. shut up. Cut that out. I also like the dark meat. <laughs> I'm telling Emma. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, dude. Turkey's the obvious one. I mean, that's the main Big ass piece of turkey. Nobody yeah, wants it's the turkey. The ob- every you you might not want it, Corbin, but it's there. You're gonna have it. It's gonna take up half your plate. It, it it's like the offensive lineman. Build your team around it. Is it Patrick Mahomes or the offensive lineman? Pick one. Build your <laughs> team around it. 
Okay. Well, shit. No, then now I'm rethinking. God. No, you All can't. Right, no, man. there's no going back. Nope. Wait, wait. No going the, back. It's locked you, in. Once you say it, you're in. You technically don't have to have a main. It could just, you could do an app, yes. two sides and a dessert. Yes. You don't need okay. a main. You could just do two sides, a dessert and an app. You could do <clears> turkey and ham. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. But Drew, your turn. What you got for us? 102. All right, second overall pick here. You know, I'm going to go with a with an obvious roast choice. You know, it might not be the most obvious for Thanksgiving, but it's easily the best. It's supreme. You're not hitting on potential. You're going for the sure thing. We're going prime rib as my main for the second overall pick. Drew, that is a banger of a pick. Way better than turkey. <laughs> I was really thinking that that would snake back to me in the second round because I got a 101 that's still on the board, but... Oh my God. I love me some prime rib, man. That is my favorite meat. Thanksgiving, Christmas, any holiday, give me some prime rib. That was a great pick. Bullshit pick. The best pick. How do you feel about prime rib there, belly? Oh, you know me. If you throw some meat in front of my face, I'll be munching that thing till it's gone. Mike going for thirds. <laughs> I can't wait to be on the couch. Just napping after a long meat sweat. It's going to move it to me for the one Oh three. And this one has to be the best side that there is. It is mashed potatoes and gravy, sorry belly, homemade, churned with love. I heard if you add a little vodka to it, it makes it creamy. It is the absolute best. It is a staple of Thanksgiving, even more so than the turkey. Give me the mashed potatoes and gravy. I'll drip it all over my body. I'll lick it off my lips. I'll lick it off the plate. I love that shit. God, that was... Just gross imagery. Glad you liked it. Um, Corbin, I mean, you might have stole mine, but mine's still different. And we're being graded on our whole meal, right? Correct. Go ahead. It's how it's however people want to vote. Whoever they think had the best draft, that's what they're gonna pick. Doesn't matter. You don't need to have a main, whatever you want to do. Your favorite ones. Well, you know what? Thanksgiving has a staple of potatoes in my house, and uh, I'm still gonna stick with the mashed sweet potatoes, but with a hint of brown sugar. Um, the sweet potato just beats the regular potato every day of the week. And that's what I'm going to pick as my 1.04 pick. Sweet potatoes in the first round. Fucking so dumb. Well, you know what? I had mentioned it earlier and it got stolen at pick three and I didn't get the sweet portion. So I'm glad that I got it in because my other three will not be chosen. That is for sure. You know what sweet potatoes are also called? Yams. No and good. You know what? Get them out I've got here. some yams on my chest after the amount of caloric intake after this trip. I love yams, and Emma always makes fun of me because I call sweet potatoes yams. But, the Ben, I think the one thing that you're missing here is sweet potato casserole is the best. Ooh. My mom puts it with the brown sugar, the sweet potatoes, and then I don't know exactly how she makes it, but she also puts marshmallows in there too. Gives it a little bit of extra sweetness. Never really liked it when I was a kid, but these past few years, it's become one of my favorite Thanksgiving day sides. But well, see, here's the, here's the thing though. You got to wait till my whole meal comes together. I got a very complimentary four pack coming at you. Oh, You got it's a little like, sweet. Do we um, see some salty coming in here for this next oh, pick? Oh yeah. That is going to be the breaded chicken cordon blue. Um, that's going to be my main. What dish. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you ever eat that on Thanksgiving? Oh, I have. It's so good. It's got a little bit of ham in the middle, the breading on the outside, the chicken and the cheese in the middle. It is fucking delicious. 
I mean, I do like a chicken cordon bleu, but I have never had that for Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, this is what my mind is calling after a nice long five-hour nap. So you can't I wait feel, to hear your picks. Feels so much better sweet about potatoes turkey. and some breaded chicken cordon bleu. Oh yeah, <laughs> just just wait till I'm done. I just got to figure out my dessert on the fly. We'll move on. That was a wasted pick, Ben. You're terrible, just about as bad as John. But I'll that move was on. Way worse than mine. <laughs> Hey, you can do whatever you want on your Thanksgiving. Okay. In my mind, it's me versus Drew at this point. This next round is going to determine a lot. But for me, this next one, the side has a real close place to my heart. This is actually my one one and I knew it would get back around to me. It is the green bean casserole. It is the absolute best side any dish that you could have on Thanksgiving with the mushrooms, the cream, like the cream of mushrooms in there, fresh green beans, a little bit of the crunchy onions on top. I could eat that shit all day and I only get it for like Thanksgiving and Christmas. So two times a year, I need it more in my life. I There's nothing better than green bean casserole on Thanksgiving. Absolutely nothing. If I had nothing on my plate but green bean casserole, I would be so happy. If you give me prime rib and green bean casserole side by side, my life is complete. I'm going to be so full that I feel like I'm going to burst out the seams and I'm going to take a long nap afterwards. Give me the GBC, baby. That's pretty. That, that's not a not a bad pick. I've had a lot of bad green bean casseroles in my life, but I don't blame that on the casserole itself because when I've had a good one, they are really good. Oh, yeah. You're only as good as the chef. Don't blame the GBC. Well, then don't blame the chef. Don't blame the turkey. Just because your mom doesn't make good turkey. Ooh. Ooh, that's a shot. Ooh, that she is a shot. I make the family turkey. Not right across the bow. That shit is juicy. Miss Holerda, I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I'm <laughs> sure your turkey's delicious. All right, Drew. 203, a big decision here. What you got? All right, moving on. You know, I got to respect the mashed potatoes and gravy. You know, that's just a classic. That was, you know, close to my number one overall pick. But, you know, looking at the board, seeing both Corbin and Ben go with the starch, I'm going to have to come back with the starch. We're going to go cheesy scalloped potatoes, the beautiful layers of potatoes, some nice creamy cheese sauce. That's going to melt all in there. It's going to go great. Put some, (laughs) you know, put some fat on the ribs. You know, everybody needs a little extra love on Thanksgiving, and we're giving it out with these scalloped potatoes. It makes me want it. really bad right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was, I don't like, I like the scalp potatoes. Don't get me wrong, but I like it shredded like a cheesy yep. hash brown almost. Yep. That, that was what I was going to say. But the scalp potatoes, got it. I yep. got to give it to you. It is a little bit more Thanksgiving themed, I think. And we usually do the che- cheesy potatoes like hash brown style, but nope, I got respect for it. You're making it really close for me, Drew. I'm not feeling comfortable as I used to be. We're trying to make it competitive here. All right, John, back to you. Follow up that turkey pick with 204. Well, I think I'm going to put myself back in the game because I got two straight picks coming in with an obvious one. Everybody loves it. It's America's classic. I mean it this time. It's mac and cheese. You love the (laughs) mac and cheese. Put it in the oven. Bake it, breadcrumbs on top. I don't know what mac and cheese you're eating to roll your eyes at, Corbin, because mac and cheese is delicious. I think it's more the fact that you get this long bunch of adjectives (laughs) in front of it, and then you're like, and it's mac and cheese. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, the thing that pisses me off is I thought you had a layup with stuffing, and it's going undrafted. We've all picked our mains and sides stuffing, first, and stuffing is undrafted. Stuffing goes uneaten all the time. No, no one dude. is leaving the mac and cheese. No you're one eating, is leaving the mac and cheese. You're eating shitty box stuffing, then, because my dad's stuffing is out of this world. He makes it with like sausage, mushrooms. He adds some like sage. I don't know. It's some like family recipe, but it is the best fucking stuffing that you've ever had. And then my roommate, shout out Hunter Hart from Chicago. He's from Oklahoma. And one day he brought back some leftover Thanksgiving food from his house one year. And they call it dressing down in the South. And that shit was so good. I love stuffing. It is. It would if I could have had three sides. That would have easily. Just gonna tell us every time you've ever eaten stuffing in your entire life right now. Jesus Christ! Every single Thanksgiving. You didn't draft it, so why are you talking so much about it? Because I'm saying, if you gave me mashed potatoes, stuffing, and green bean casserole, my life is complete. Those are the three components. Prime rib is great too. So why don't you let me take my next pick? Cool. Thanks. Fine. It's just a travesty. You pass it up. Go ahead. Ruin your draft. What's your next one? What not do? ruining my draft. I go without something cheesy. That's what are you going to do? Triscuits for your app or something? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm doing another actual Southern classic cornbread casserole. For what? For my app. You take two <laughs> things of Jiffy. Two things of Jiffy, all right? You're taking three eggs. You're taking two sticks of butter. You're taking 16 <laughs> ounces of sour cream. You're mixing all that stuff together with two cans of creamed corn. And I'm telling you, Corbin, you are going to cream your corn when you try it. <laughs> I mean, I love cornbread, but <laughs> no, no, it's not I guess I'll let it go as a casserole. I guess it's, it's much when you said a casserole, that's much more like moist. It. It's much, it's much better. I don't know if that's an app, but I guess I'll let it slide because it was a terrible pick. So. <laughs> <laughs> You are just so wrong on everything. You wanted so bad to win this draft. <laughs> you were just fumbling the bag. <laughs> and I will say John's play, I mean, honestly, like looking at it now, you know, it is coming together okay. You know, they're probably a bottom tier plate, but it's still it's still there. You know, it's still relevant. I got cornbread casserole. I got turkey. I got mac and cheese. That's a solid fucking plate. Yeah, that's not a bad plate. And I also want to shout out stuffing. Took me a long time I would to like appreciate some it. And I don't hate stuffing. You know, I don't hate stuffing. You know, stuffing, throw a little gravy on that, make that some really saucy bread. That's what you want in your life. All right, for uh, my round three pick, I want to keep it safe here. Go with the dessert section. Don't want this to get taken. I'm going to go cheesecake. Ooh, just, that's it's, a solid just pick. it's just an elite dessert. You don't have to have a huge slice to be satisfied after you've eaten all your prime ribbon scallop <laughs> potatoes. It's, uh, it's just really just an elite pick. Yep, that was a good one for sure. I love a nice cheese steak. <laughs> Not cheese steak, cheesecake. <laughs> I'm realizing <laughs> I meant to I meant to pick my dessert right there and I accidentally picked my app. <laughs> well, you fucked it up. You just took your cornbread casserole. I'm sure that Drew, myself, and Ben were just chomping at the bit. <laughs> casserole. You better watch your mouth. That's Raha's mom's recipe. <laughs> she's from Houston. Yeah. She's from Iran, but she got it in Houston. Wait, what? Raha's mom is from Iran. Oh, she got okay. the cornbread casserole in Houston. You are hating on the American dream right now, Corbin. You're just a man of the culture, I guess. Me, I just stick with pure blood American classics like this next dessert for my 303. It's easy pumpkin pie and vanilla bean ice cream. Book it. Done. You guys are toast. 
so I'm wait, dominating the strip. Get, that's that's two desserts. Yeah. No, what? because you put the ice cream on top of the pumpkin pie. You get a warm yeah. slice of pie. You put a scoop of ice cream on top. That is the dessert. Pumpkin pie warm. Everybody. What do you mean? You no, can have I, a warmer. I, cold. I, I do matter. not eat pumpkin pie warm. Well, I'm putting. Drew's shaking his head. No. Ben says no too. You got to eat your pumpkin pie warm. Little vanilla <laughs> ice cream. Get that drip. Yeah, it's warm, and then you put the cold ice cream on top to complement it, and then it's a little duel going on. Yeah, it's per- no, it's perfect. You know, unless you got sensitive teeth, like you're fine. Give it to me at two a.m. right out of the fridge. Look at you trying to bash my pick, John, and here come Drew and Belly sticking up for me for once. This is beautiful. I'm just watching you crumble at the seams as I absolutely steal all of my favorites. You guys never stood a chance, Drew. You still got a shot, but Bell, what do you got for your three o four? We're snaking back. Um, you know, I've lived in Nashville for three years now and uh, I didn't really eat this when I was up north, but I'm going with the dessert and I'm going to go with the classic banana pudding. I've started eating that since I've gotten down here and man, is it delicious. It's just pretty much chunky vanilla wafers inside. Just, I don't even know what it is sometimes, but it's just delicious, but I'm more excited about my follow-up pick. Do you got any comments on my banana pudding? No, I respect it. I love me some banana pudding. There was another pie on there that I probably would have put before, but it was Sweet on my potatoes, radar. Potatoes, chicken corn on blue, and banana pudding. You're saying that's that's a better plate than mine. Okay. Well, you know what? I got to get a rag to clean up all this drool off my microphone right now. So, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, And then as finally for my appetizer, this is a family staple. I don't know if you've ever even had these before, but it is the bacon water chestnut. I oh, absolutely love bacon water chestnuts. I normally get in trouble every single family gathering for eating way too many of them and not sharing. <laughs> so uh, that is definitely going to be um, just my closeout on a great dish and a great anchor. <laughs> I have never on heard of your a, plate. I've never heard of a bacon water chestnut. The bacon intrigues me because you can wrap bacon in anything or wrap anything in bacon and it's going to be good. You never listen the water chestnut what you have in like Chinese food. Yeah. yeah, you've never had them. Have you ever listened to Jim Gaffigan back in the day? And he's telling all his bacon jokes. One of his best ones is, thank you, bacon. Sincerely, the water chestnut. <laughs> you know, Ben's right. That's just, it's just such a good pick. You know, and then you marinate it a little bit, get a little soy oh, yeah. sauce on there. You know, you get the salty from the bacon. You get the umami from the soy sauce. You get the crunch of the water chestnut. I mean, it's, it's just, it's easy and it's great. Drew, you're welcome back the umami from the water chestnut water chestnut yeah known for their umami flavor do you know what umami is drew it's like the fifth flavor right do you know what it tastes like what's it supposed to taste like pure msg no it's supposed to be meaty yeah i thought it was like fatty kind of like it says it umami or savorness is one of the five basic tastes it has the been described as savory and is characteristic of broths and cooked meats. Not the water chestnut, I would say. <laughs> well, the bacon gives it the umami. It has water in its name. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Bacon, water chestnut, duh. <laughs> it's like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> I feel so much better about my plate just knowing how much horrible men's is <laughs> yeah i mean no one's gonna know what the fuck a water chestnut is maybe he'll get a couple of real like ride or die bacon water chestnut <laughs> crew but yeah you know i mean what? i went with the uh, niche guys you know i got the water chestnut crew the sweet potato the, the cordon blue boys <laughs> you're going for the ralph nader approach <laughs> getting, oh yeah getting those unheard voters you know nader and gary johnson big independent guy over here on this plate <laughs> All right. 
I will take my final pick here. And I'm stuck between two delicious apps. One I feel like is nobody has really had, but I'll mention at the end is a uh, an honorable mention. My app is going to be Pigs in a Blanket. I think that's an easy app, the best app. I don't know how you couldn't like Pigs in a Blanket. It's a perfect finger food, dipping in a little gravy, dipping in a little ketchup. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be Thanksgiving, but Pigs in a Blanket, I just don't know how this one went. I guess everyone saved the apps for last, but give me those pigs. I just feel like pigs in a blanket is like something a person in a trailer brings to Thanksgiving potluck. <laughs> it's like the laziest thing you can bring. What are you talking about, dude? Throw them in the oven. Everybody loves pigs in a blanket. Who cares if it's the laziest? Plus, I know. if you make I them just... from, if it's not like a frozen Costco pigs I'm in not, a blanket. I'm not saying they're horrible. I'm just saying usually the person who brings them is the laziest person. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. From scratch. So other than buying the little Smokies and bringing some Crescent Rolls, what else from scratch are you doing? I'm not really cooking Thanksgiving too much on my <laughs> end. All I'm saying is when they are homemade, that's what I like. And here's a pro tip for you. If you're ever in Holland, Michigan, go to DeBoer's Bakery and get their pigs in a blanket. It is the best fucking pig in a blanket you will ever have in your life. It's like a homemade sausage, and they make the little crescent croissant rolls that they wrap around it to. God, it's so fucking good. I mean, Corbin, your your plate, I mean, I'd like it. Don't get me wrong. I'd fuck that plate up. But you're just lacking a lot of meat, and the only meat's coming from the inside of a wiener. Prime rib definitely would have been up there for me. I mean, ham is on there too. But if you're really talking about Thanksgiving Day staples that you have to have, I mean, I need to have mashed potatoes and gravy. I need green bean casserole. And I need some warm pumpkin pie to wash it all down later with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream. I'm just I saying, do you're without gonna turn- be, you're going to lose votes from the protein lovers. No, whatever. That's fine. I got plenty of starch. I got plenty of veggies. I got the pigs in the blanket for your meat. And then I finish it off with a nice warm pumpkin pie. <laughs> I think I just have a nice, well-rounded plate. You can have ham, turkey, chicken, or pig in a blanket. <laughs> I have to say, uh, my wife is in the kitchen. She just texted me, what in the fresh hell is a bacon water chestnut? <laughs> <laughs> in the fresh hell. <laughs> in the fresh hell. <laughs> All right, Drew. Let's get to your final pick with your appetizer. Go. All right, last pick. You know, you're sitting around, you're watching football. It's Thanksgiving. You don't want to overeat. You want to get ready for the main course. So for my appetizer, I'm going caramelized onion dip. It's kind of out there. It's kind of out of right field, but nothing wrong with slapping a little bit down on the plate, a couple chips, and uh, letting that rip. You're going to still be able to polish off your whole meal. Is that anything like French? I don't know if I've ever had that. Is it like French onion dip or like what? What is it? It's It's like French onion dip, but better. You're just caramelizing the onions instead. Gotcha. But it is, like, it is great. You throw in like a ruffle in there? Or what's the best chip for that? I'm probably going ruffles just for the, you know, the, the rigidity of the chip. You know, you want to get a nice <laughs> firm dollop on there. You, um, you're going you know, ruffle, you, not wavy. No, you know, I had the wavies recently. The texture in my mouth is just weird. Yeah, they're, a little, a they're a little tough. And you know what? The ruffle is a strong chip, though. You can get a good amount of dip on there. Get a good leverage with your wrist. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> get a good leverage with your wrist. You're full on <laughs> You got a fucking forklift to lift up the dip that you're about to put in your mouth. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had caramelized onion dip. (laughs) Drew, I think that you were cutting it close and you still might have me, but that I think that my pig's in a blanket easily over the caramelized onion dip and certainly over the bacon water chestnut. 
and the cornbread casserole. <laughs> Dude, I don't think you could ever have cornbread casserole. You would know. Real ones, no. I do really want to try some. If you cook it, save me some, and I'll save you some of my mom's green bean casserole, and we'll swap. You know, it's a win-win. I assure you. Yankee swap. Mm-hmm. Let's do it now, John. Finish us off. Four oh four. What shitty dessert do you want? I'm just gonna keep it simple. Apple pie. I'm also going. <laughs> <to be wrong. laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with apple pie and vanilla ice cream i mean i'm i'm kind of you can't take vanilla ice cream i already got it you can't take two for one so <laughs> go fuck yourself i'm taking apple pie and vanilla ice cream all right you don't uh, even get vanilla bean so go ahead <laughs> okay you can have vanilla bean Big i'm going hagen vanilla ice cream because no, hagen no. vanilla is delicious apple pie on on thanksgiving it's between apple or pumpkin most people Tend to say pumpkin is a little more Thanksgiving-y, but apple pie is still delicious on Thanksgiving, and I think it rounds out the night pretty well. I do like some apple pie, especially with like a graham cracker crust. Yeah, I, I was going to actually, I was considering ac- apple crisp, but yeah, I, I like my apple pie like an apple crisp pie, so I kind of just count it as the same thing. They're in the same family. All right, well, let's read through here review everybody's picks so we got john his appetizer cornbread casserole his main sides are turkey mac and cheese and for dessert he's finishing it off with a nice apple pie with vanilla ice cream that's a good draft terrible next we got drew his appetizer he's eating some caramelized onion dip on the couch before football dinner's ready he's getting some prime rib and scalp potatoes on his plate and he fouls it up with a nice cheesesteak for me, I'm <laughs> I'm kicking our cheesecake. <laughs> and for dessert, a whole Philly cheesesteak. I fucking love cheesesteak. But for me, my appetizer, I went with the pigs in a blanket, a nice classic. My main and sides, pretty much just sides, actually just sides, but you can make it a main. Mashed potatoes and gravy and the tried and true green bean casserole. Swallowing all that and putting down a nice warm pumpkin pie with a scoop of vanilla bean ice cream on top. I don't know if that can be beat. Belly, he's going with a bacon water chestnut. Oh boy, that umami going down the throat. A little savory, a little saltiness from the bacon. Mm, Can't wait to try one. His main plate's going to be some sweet potatoes with brown sugar and also the who could forget the breaded chicken cordon blue? Everybody's <laughs> favorite Thanksgiving staple. <laughs> hey, you never said it had to be staples. It was what is your dish? And man, I want that dish so bad right now. <laughs> yep, nailed it, Bell. Good work, bud. <laughs> and then he's washing it all down with some nice banana pudding. His southern roots in Tennessee showing through there. Good job there, Belly. So let's get to some honorable mentions. You guys got anything that went uh, undrafted here? Buffalo chicken dip. Gotta love that. Yeah, buffalo. I thought about that too. I think that's just more tailgate, you know? Yeah. Uh, everybody that's why I left buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. So on, on top of honorable mentions, do you have like that one dish that like a relative brought year after year that was just ass that just kept showing up every time and no one ate? I can't remember what it was called, but someone would always bring this like green marshmallow fluff shit with mini marshmallows Ooh, on it. Ambrosia salad. Is that what it's called? I'm pretty uh, sure that's what it's called. Yeah, that stuff sucks. Yeah, fuck that. A-M-B-R-O-S-I-A. 
Well, uh, I got a whole list that I can go through here for my apps. The one that I was deciding between the pigs in a blanket, but my favorite actual appetizer is Swiss poppy bread. Have you guys ever had that? No. Oh my God. You take a loaf of bread, you make a bunch of like slits in it, but don't cut it all the way through stuff, Swiss cheese in there, a bunch of butter, and then put poppy seeds on top. It is just fucking crack, man. It is so good. It's like the best bread you've ever had. I probably eat like half a loaf of that thing every Thanksgiving. Obviously need a save room for my green bean casserole, my one one. I also had turducken on there. I had that one year and the duck is the best part about it. Also another one too, beef Wellington. I had that one year. Fantastic. I love a nice beef Wellington. Honey baked tam's a good one. Um, I can't believe stuffing got went on pick. That is just a travesty. Nothing is great. Fresh also baked for- biscuits are also biscuits I mean you're not gonna draft them really, but I mean, everyone needs a biscuit on their plate. Yep, biscuit's a good one. That one was a... John, I found it. It's not ambrosia salad. It's the Watergate salad. And it's crushed pineapple, pistachio pudding, multicolored marshmallows, a tub of whipped topping, and pecans. Okay, it's it's similar to ambrosia, but yeah, that's disgusting. It was... I don't know why the people kept bringing it. Nobody ever ate it. (laughs) Also for desserts, one that got left off, pecan pie. I don't eat it often, but if you just have it on like Thanksgiving or Christmas, just on special occasions, it's so fucking good. And then also key lime pie. It's not really a Thanksgiving one, but my family does it. We also do like a uh, strawberry pretzel dessert with like cream cheese. And like sh- like we make like a jello almost out of like fresh strawberries. And then you put pretzels in it. It's just a nice, sweet and salty dessert. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My aunt makes some good, like, really, really fluffy pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. They're kind of like cloud cookies. They're so good. All right. We're getting a little bogged down here on the uh, Thanksgiving draft. Uh, That was a good one. I'm going to put this up on the gram. We'll let the people vote. We'll see who really came out on top. All right, Billy. I don't know if I really want to take a look in there, but we got to get in your guts and take a look. Mm. What's in the bowels of the belly for us this week? So... The trip started off good enough or well enough, whatever it goes there. Um, so have any of you ever used a Turo before? Yes. So no. so for those who haven't, a Turo is basically like an Airbnb for cars. So basically it's someone else's car. You hit them up. You pay to use it for X amount of time. So um, I got this van. It's like an older van um, from this lady named Sandy. So I was texting her like, hey, where do I pick up the car from and everything? And she's like, it's around here. And she sent me this video from a holiday in Express. And so I was just like, thank you so much, Sandy. I appreciate it. And she's like, no, thank you so much, Benjamin. I appreciate you. Please text me one time you have it and you're all good. Have a great trip and let me know if you need anything with a winky face. And I'm just like, well, all right, what's going on here? So just like jokingly, I was like, well, do you want to come party with 16 dudes in their 30s and a golf trip? <laughs> just joking, just like, joking. I, yeah. Then I said, "LOL," with like a like a crying, laughing face, and I go, "Kidding." Thank you for everything, and will do. And she goes, "Sounds fun to me," and proceeds to send me bathing suit pics to her. <laughs> no way! Unreal. <laughs> oh, oh, there they are. You got a glare. Hold on, like Sandy. Yeah, click on a picture. Ben. Yeah, we uh, pull them up. But anyway, so right after she sends that, I don't respond. And she goes, this was last weekend. Another winky face. And then she's like, but I can't drive at night. My best availability would be to hang out with y'all Friday. Not sure what time your golfing ends. And I just go, 
Uh, I don't know. I'll have to let you know. And then she follows up again. It was very fun last weekend. I went kite surfing going Saturday to Cocoa Beach for more. Nice. Y'all have fun at Jack's Beach. And I hope to see you Friday. And I was just like, we cannot. I'm done. And then I just kept it all business from there. But I was just blown away that she's just ready to go. Ben is not for the boys. What the fuck, dude? I know that you're not single, but there's other people on the trip who are. No, really only one kid wanted me to. And I was just thinking about it. All the horror stories. Like it's her van. She would just end up taking the van with all 16 pairs of golf clubs into the sunset. And then we just waltz up to the golf course the next day. Hey, you got 16 rentals for us. But I was just, I was just dumbfounded that that was her. (laughs) This is her two part business plan. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait till next week until once the uh, the dust settles a little bit on this belly bloodbath. But it sounds like it was an epic one. It doesn't sound like it was uh, all a total good time, but I'm sure we'll get the uh, entire story in full next yeah. week. That'll move us to our last segment. John, you're doing the honors, right? I am. And I'm wondering once again, Corbin, how bad do you want the Lions to win a Super Bowl? Pretty bad. Pretty, Pretty bad. bad. Okay. Well, you're only six and six. Not that good. We'll see. This week, we're sticking Thanksgiving themed, you know, staying festive. You just talked about how much you love Thanksgiving food, Corbin. How much do you love it? One of my favorite holidays. It's one of my favorite. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Fourth of July. I mean, especially with the Lions playing, too. I mean, if we win or lose, that kind of, it's a little contingent on that. But it's it's top three, 100%. Mm-hmm. And and what would you say the food means to you on Thanksgiving? It's probably like 90% of it. Okay. Well, what if I told you you had to fast for every Thanksgiving for the rest of your life for the Lions to win a Super Bowl? Would you do it? Just on Thanksgiving Day? You can, you're not allowed to eat Thanksgiving Day food or leftovers. Rest of your life. So I couldn't move it to the... Like the next month or anything? I mean, I guess if you want to, but like on Thanksgiving, day after, you have to literally not eat. You just got to sit there sad watching everybody just gobble up all your favorite nutritions. That prime rib. Oh, casserole. Thanksgiving day and the day after I have to fast? You just can't have the leftovers. Yeah, no leftovers day after. You don't have to fast the next day, but you have to do the full 24 hours. Go to your fridge. You're going to see green bean casserole, prime rib. You're going to see your little hot dogs in a blanket. Make yourself a nice PB&J. No, no, no. He's got a fast. That's not fasting. No, next day. Next day. Oh, next day. Got it. I don't even like PB&J low key. I never liked it since I was a kid. I used to eat jelly sandwiches. I know I'm fucking weird, but... (laughs) I know. Do you, all, I know. Do you also hate sunsets? I love peanut butter flavor. Like if you give me like a peanut butter shake or like I don't know, like like I'll have like a peanut butter protein shake. I love like the protein peanut butter for like after a workout or something, but I never actually liked eating like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Do you ever have a toasted peanut butter? Nope. I, I, I just don't like how it bread. sticks to your mouth, really. Toast the bread, just, put some I peanut butter like on one texture. piece of butter on the other. Ooh. No, I mean, John, thank you for the layup. I would easily fast and I would just move it on to another day. I mean, Thanksgiving okay. Day and the day after. Yeah, I'll starve so myself gonna, for a Lions Super Bowl. It, you're going to move it to, let's say it's next month. So you probably got to cook all the food yourself. No one's going to cook it for you. They don't want to come to your house a month later to do Thanksgiving. 
doesn't matter. I mean, could I save the leftovers for like a month and then eat them? No, you can't have anything that's to do with the day. That's fine. I mean, I could have mashed potatoes and gravy like any time that I want. I could I could make my own green bean casserole and stuffing. I could make a prime rib. I mean, you could just make it another time. No yeah, but you're deal. just going to be an angry loser on that day every year. That's fine, dude. Do you understand that the Lions would win the fucking Super Bowl in order for me to do that? That is a sacrifice I almost, I'm going to make. I almost said that you wouldn't be able to watch any Lions Thanksgiving nah, either. But... That's, that's not fair. That's, yeah. a <laughs> shot. that's a low blow. Oh, well, you know, I, I kept it a little bit easier for you this week. We'll give you the dub. I would just, like, put myself in a coma, and I just wait. Well, no, because then I wouldn't be able to watch it. Well, I'd DVR it, and then I could just tune in. Yeah, put myself in a coma for two days. Saturday, I wake up nice and well-rested, eat a big meal, turn on the lions, see what happens. I just go dark and don't know the result, and then I'm either, you know, probably pissed, but maybe pretty happy. Well, you've you've bested me on this one. I did not foresee the Sleeping Beauty defense, but you did it. It was not a bad one. Plus, I had to get over 500. So thank you for the layup. I needed one. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks again for listening. If you're a new listener, please follow, subscribe, like, download Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on all major platforms. So give us a listen. Don't forget to give us five stars and leave a review if you haven't already. Follow me on Twitter. It's at LikeCorbyashi. We've got the Belly and the Fish Twitter and Instagram going as well. You're going to need that for the Thanksgiving draft poll that we're putting up. Feel free to DM me any ideas for segments or anything else you'd like to hear on the show. Please continue to spread the word, friends, family, coworkers, anyone and everyone that you can think about. We appreciate the love and support, guys. I apologize for my delay in joining this week's episode, but I was a little banged up, but I'm going to be there for the whole thing. The next one. I want to thank you guys for listening to our Thanksgiving day festivities and meals. And I want to thank Drew and John for uh, filling in for me while I couldn't uh, get off the couch. Appreciate you fellas. Thanks for having us on. Yep. I got to poop. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And with that said,